Science AF. Okay. Science AF. All right. Science AF. Wow. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Aerosmith concert. Science AF. Science as fuck. Welcome to Science AF. I'm your host, Dave Chacho, and I'm Science as fuck. I'm your host, Jesse Klein, and I am Science as fuck. Uh, we are a science podcast. Uh, where we bring comedians and bring our comedic thoughts to science articles uh, and then bring in scientists to come and tell us what's going on. That's right. Well, sometimes we have comedians. Yeah. And sometimes we have scientists. And sometimes, meaning only once today, for yeah. the first time ever, we have both a comedian and a scientist here. And we're related. <laughs> and true. they have the same last name. Yeah. <laughs> Not by coincidence. One of them made the other one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure out which one made which very soon. In our investigative podcast. Yeah. We first would like to welcome our friend Jason Kay, a comedian, yes. writer, improviser, uh, impressionist. Yes. Character. Uh, heavy metal guitarist. Yeah, I am a heavy metal. Yeah, lead heavy you, lead you're, guitar. You, yeah. got a, you got a band called Hellcross, right? Hellcross like with comedy. a K. Comedy heavy metal sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. We're like a comedy heavy metal band. Everybody in the band is a comedian, but we also love metal. Except for the bass player. He's a lawyer in real life. <laughs> in real life. Not a huge metal fan? No, he's a huge metal fan. He's just not a comedian. He's not a comedian. Yeah. He's just passionate about law. He's just passionate about law. <laughs> tort. Tort law. Yeah, tort you have law. a lot of songs about tort. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen of the jury, let me take you for a walk. Doom, 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 Yeah. We <laughs> got some good Pantera fans out there. Um, yeah. Consider myself a character comedian. Also there we go. Doing characters. Uh, do some voices on the Powerpuff Girls. And. Powerpuff Girls. You were on that, um, that mm -hmm. impression show. I did. I won that. You won the impression show. What was that it's called? called First Impressions with Dana Carvey. With Dana Carvey. It was you, fun. He was a really cool dude. You were hanging out with. Uh, Dana Carvey. Doing Garth. Some yeah, he was, he was a really nice guy. Yeah. Actually, my parents saw him before he was on SNL in the early 80s. Yeah. Well, now you Long know Beach, which. <laughs> now we know which one. made which. Let's introduce <laughs> so. our other guest, yeah. uh, Dr. Stephen K. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. My and dad. Sorry. <laughs> your doctorate is in uh, what area? Medicine. I'm an MD. You're an MD? And hey. I also am involved with uh, medical research in a couple different areas, two or three, actually. Uh-huh. And are you a general practitioner, or have you been, or are you more of a research um, scientist? Combination, actually, internal medicine and yeah. uh, research. Uh, the areas that I'm most involved in, it might seem diverse, but anyway, uh, one is addiction medicine, so it kind of addresses the current opiate addiction oh, yeah. uh, epidemic. And the other uh, kind of a other side of things is in wound healing and uh, pressure ulcers, that kind of thing, and ways, uh, new ways, not really new, but uh, approaches that are uh, using electricity instead of pharmaceuticals uh, in both those areas. Uh, that's amazing. We do have, um, I read a story today about opioids we'll get into in a second. We're coming to you from out from outside, outside. in LA. So if you hear a cameo from a helicopter, if you hear a helicopter cars. fly over, that's just the ambiance. It's funny in our house growing up. I'm a very loud guy, 
and my brother also. Well, my brother talks fast because I usually monopolize the conversation, so he tries to get shit in. <laughs> my mom also talks very loud, and my grandfather. But my dad, he's got like the nuggets of wisdom that he'll just be like, "You want to listen to me? I'll talk like this." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's something yeah. about that. Like, even on stage, on sometimes stage, yeah. the quietest person commands the most Yeah, because you uh, have to listen. ...response because, yeah. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't know. Yeah, I wouldn't know either. <laughs> I'm, I'm loud and obnoxious. Yeah. It's like that... Remember that Simpsons episode where they were fighting the Yakuza? The Yakuza was fighting the Italians. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, the quiet guy. That and then Homer's like, that guy hasn't done anything yet. And what he does, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. He turns around, and you're like, oh, yeah. Pop. <laughs> well, he comes crashing through the window. Giving us a priest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was on The Simpsons, though. Yeah. That was a quote of a uh, an offensive accent. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, so let's get into some stuff. What are, what uh, are there any articles, Jesse, that you wanted to jump into first? Uh, I mean, I really like the one that you shared uh, about the new type of brain cell. What? Is a new one? They have found a new human brain cell. Yeah. Why are we still finding new human brain cells? For one thing, in 2018. Well, for one yeah. reason, the, the 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 brain is the one organ that we probably know the least about, yeah. because of its it really is complexity and the number of neurons and all that are interacting and and so forth. So, uh, that area of research is uh, quite fertile in the sense of uh, uh, finding and discovering new mechanisms of action. We're just barely scratching the surface. We don't really even understand how. Uh, memory uh, works uh, and how uh -huh. you could implant uh, for how instance how do you implant memories well yeah i mean like there's a lot of people working work, exactly yeah <laughs> and you, and actually you can't do that now can you do that uh, pretty close to it yeah there is some research in it's that there's definitely some psychological ways you can trick people's memories right. uh, yeah uh, that yeah. are well documented if memories come in you know uh, in in a sequential order i don't have this article in front of me but i'm just talking from memory mm -hmm. there's a way that you can uh i think maybe with a little stimulus or or something switch the order of the memories in someone's brain so they will swear to you that they happen the other way around yeah really? the transcranial uh, magnetic stimulation which you probably read a lot about mm -hmm. uh, actually has gotten to a point where fda has approved it for the treatment of depression in lieu of medication in lieu of uh pharmaceuticals because you're actually um, turning on in a unique ways uh, different sets of neur neural pathways and networks that can affect the neurotransmitters which and again can affect depression as an example so there's a lot of research being done on direct um, uh, stimulation or, or inter not really interference but inserting into uh, a physiological process uh, to alter its uh, function I was about to say that sounds really useful for like PTSD survivors or like trauma survivors in general. Actually, the FDA just recently in the last month has approved one of those devices for PTSD, which is an electrical really? stem device. Oh, well, there you go. This yeah. is different though <clears throat> than uh, where they put an implant in your brain. No, this is external. This is external. Yeah. Because it's magnetic. So you, oh. you, you, you put magnetic fields across the brain and that generates electrical fields by but are they basic physics. There's actually yeah. 
you can find YouTube videos, and I don't recommend doing this at home. Yeah, but there's I know. people that are doing home uh, DIY it's gotta be a transcranial idea, right? magnetic stimulation. Yeah, yeah you're a doctor. They're, that's a bad they're, idea, they're right? um, Biohackers is what they call them. Biohackers, yeah. really? Biohackers. That, that yeah. ends in becoming a supervillain, right? Yeah. That, like yeah. a person becomes or, or magnetic cancer, or, or, right? or dead. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. the first thousand people dead, the, the thousandth and once, it will be the, the supervillain. Super it's yeah. it's the uh, quality can, like, control. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are having people doing uh, studies for you without having to even get them. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Except for the fact that the data is pretty bad. So it's yeah. kind of yeah. hard oh, to get anything. Oh, right. Well, you can't count on anything unless things are very controlled and that's the one thing you don't have with the biohackers. Yeah, if you're like shaping aluminum foil and putting uh, electricity idea, into right? it. Yeah. They're, they're not, the quality control is not there, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Pretty bad with, with the people going, like, I got... I'm, it's a, it's so random. It, like it might do something if you administer electricity, but yeah. it's it's there's so many variables. Like it could be good or bad. You yeah. Have no idea. Is this kind of are they shooting in the dark right now with this? Are they just going picking random electric frequencies to do the transcranial from stuff? The real search, real research versus the homemade one. Not the homemade one. Oh. I mean, like the real ones. Oh no, the real ones. Um, like they know kind of what they're doing. They have leads, so they have windows of um, electrical. Um, stimulation and so it turns out not only in that area but the area that I'm most familiar with which has to do with uh, uh, wound healing uh, there are unique windows of certain types of current in terms of their uh, intensity uh, the amperes so in other words an example I'll just give you uh, most people don't really realize that even if they've gone through uh, the conventional um, um, schooling and that is we have an entire system, and it's not just us, but all, all mammals and uh, most all animals, even plants have some of this. And that is, if you take, uh, just picture uh, uh, on your uh, arm or leg or whatever, and you injure that by a crush injury or a laceration, you cut yourself, whatever it happens to be, mm -hmm. there's an entire electrical system that is not related to the nerves. It's a non-neuronal system that is specific in attracting the right kinds of cells to heal that injury. And that um, uh, system is in the um, submicro, nano, and picoampere range. And that's a DC current versus an alternating current as okay. uh, action potentials are and so forth. And so what happens is we're basically a big battery. And so you can take a standard volt ohm meter and find out that your core is one charge and your extremity is another charge mm -hmm. and basically when you puncture or you interfere with the skin in this way injure it what happens was that turns into a localized battery and it becomes very very positive instead of what it normally is which is kind of a balanced kind of oh, thing man. and so it turns out that the micro micro uh, the macrophages and the fibroblasts and all those kinds of cells that go in to heal things, they're very negatively charged. So as, immediately attracted. Yeah, so, so, so mm. this is a strictly an electrotaxis. It's, it is a way of all those cells that naturally kind of flow through microcirculation into all areas of us. When there's an injury, it sees, oh, there's a very negative area, so we're going to go to that direction. I'm not thinking that, but just from a physics point of view. Sure, yeah. Uh, and then pulling you, in all the you get an accumulation of the kind of cells that you want to heal. And that's a basic mechanism, and it's not neuronal, as I said, and it's a DC current, and it's a very low level. It's a sub-micro ampere level. Low, low microamps going into nanoamps. 
and is an example of um, utilizing that physiology. Now, the, the, one of the people that are really, if anybody's interested, uh, read uh, um, uh, Robert Becker's book. Um, Robert Becker was a research orthopedist. Um, he was uh, responsible uh, through him and his students later on uh, for inventing like the... Uh, he was um, played by Ten Danson in the show Becker. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, no, I didn't know that. No, that's true. not that's true. A joke. It's a show called Becker. <laughs> but he hung out at that one cafe a bunch. He, 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 uh, the reason I know him is uh, in my last year of medical school, I did uh, um, an elective, and uh, I was at his lab in Syracuse for about a half a year or so. And at that point, he was able to take salamanders who don't normally regrow their arms. There's some that do and some don't, but okay. this one doesn't. And he was able to amputate that. And by electrical stimulation with the right window of current, was able to grow that back. Oh, my God. Whoa. That's complete. amazing. And these uh, have been published. It's Robert O. Becker. And he has uh, close to 100 publications in orthopedic journals and so forth. And he's documented this. And it's, and it's been published for, uh, let's see, 1970. So it's been almost, what, 50 years, 20 and 30? Yeah. So, so that salamander has the, the genetics to regrow an arm, but not... It, it needs an electrical stimulation to turn it on? Or something? It, it actually has, it has the genetics, but the genetics translate to an auto-electrical stimulation. So if you take a, a salamander and you chop off his arm or leg or whatever, um, you'll find that the ones that can regrow, mm -hmm. they produce a unique current. They automatically, Current of injury yeah. because of their genetics, but, but it manifests itself as an electrical current. Huh. And that current allows them to regrow their arm. Now, what he did is he measured that current in the salamanders that do it naturally. Then he took the ones that don't, even up to frogs, uh -huh. introduced artificially that current, and that's how he regrew it. That's amazing. So, like, the turn-of-the-century scientists that were always obsessed with, like, reanimating dead tissue and were just electrocuting it, it, perhaps. They, they, were, they were kind <laughs> of on the right track. They didn't like, know Like it. Frankenstein yeah. Yeah. famously yeah. uses electricity. And right. it, yeah, they, they, they knew yeah. at, in some level. So um, what I was going to so, say so, is... Oh, yeah, go ahead. So utilizing that principle and my being involved with with Becker in the 70s. Um, what, I, what I finally did after a while is uh, I was able to use the same principle but in humans and for uh, treating wounds that don't heal because the wounds that don't heal, they don't have this electrical change that I just described. And so I artificially oh. injected into them using circumfer circumferential electrodes. So basically, we, we wrap an electrode all the way around a, a limb, as an example, mm -hmm. on both sides of whatever the injury might be. And then that produces this current that is duplicates or tries to simulate uh, the natural one that would have occurred to heal this uh, wound, but it wasn't there. So we put it back in again, and you can get wounds to heal that won't heal otherwise. And even if somebody is health, has healthy healing power, will it speed up their healing? That's a good question. Um, all of our testing that I've done and has been done in the literature that I'm aware of are for people that have some um, uh, compromised wound healing capability. If uh -huh. you do it for someone who has normal, it really should uh, maybe attract a few more cells. Whether that translates into a quicker healing time, I don't know. But we have used it extensively for athletic injuries and people that do heal normally. But it's used for people that um, 
for one reason or another, uh, sprained ankles or whatever it happens to be, um, are not responding as they should. And so in those people, you get uh, a significant increase in uh, coming off that plateau of, of things not turning around. So um, the other um, important thing to think about besides the attraction of the, of the uh, uh, fibroblasts and macrophages and all these other things is um, that as an inflammatory response, you get an over production of fluid in the area, which is why things blow up. Yeah. And a lot of times, even with normal healing, um, that stays around longer than it should in order to optimize the healing. It, 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 it interferes, actually, so it's an overreaction of the body, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So if you take the same principle with a little different um, uh, level of current, still DC, um, the, fact, the, the, the mechanism by which, one of the mechanisms by which you have edema that persists, which is the, the, the interstitial between the cell water, that, that, that fluid is, is held there by electrolytes, so charged ions and so forth. So since you're Gatorade. establishing you know, a, a field, I take the field and pull the charged particles away from the area, the water goes with it, and the edema goes down. Oh, okay. And that's how that works. This is very similar from, to an article that Jesse shared with me today um, from the, uh, about opioids. Oh, yeah. And it, it was a research at, uh, and I, I want to say this name, Charité Universitätsmedizine Berlin, ah. uh, which means, I'm sure, uh, Medicine University, Medical University in Berlin. And they developed... Um, what they're working on, they, they discovered through computer simulations, or I guess they, they knew this, but uh, uh, at the site of injury and inflammation, it tends to, the tissue um, uh, tends to become acidic, right? It has mm -hmm. extra protons in it. So it has, like you were saying, like a, 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 an extra charge to it, which is also yeah. makes it acidic. And the problem with opioids now and addiction is that opioids, when you take them, pretty much go to your whole body. Uh, they're not Systemic, localized. Right. So they came up with a way they think uh, they're working on now to localize the opioids by making them only attracted to the acidic inflamed area, a place with extra protons in the tissue. So you're saying they intentionally want to um, have the highest concentration of whatever the opioid is in the area that's generating the pain? Is that what exactly? You're yeah. yeah, and 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 the, the opioids are designed not to interact with the other parts of your body, including I, I assume your brain, which it's the interaction. I believe the opioids hmm. to your brain that creates addiction. So mm -hmm. if you had an opioid that didn't affect the brain at all, but just affected your the cut on your arm. Uh, it wouldn't make it addicting. Yeah, and the United States, uh, I mean, the world has a huge opioid problem. Mostly it's Van Halen, but... Uh, Van Halen has a lot to do with it. It has a lot with to do with Van Halen. problem, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> this new technology is going to make Van Halen impossible to listen to. Yeah. They're going to be clear-headed. <laughs> no, they're going to be awful. Yeah. Most bands yeah. without without OxyContin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean without well, drugs. Van Halen was more. What's of the a point of music? Cocaine and yeah, <laughs> it really isn't. Van Halen was more like coke and alcohol. 
Yeah, uh, Vod- vodka and rails. Yeah, vodka and rails, which is a great name for an album. <laughs> but it's like you listen to Sabbath after they like we're like we don't you know we don't do drugs anymore you know, <laughs> and then they suck. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, suck. Was, they were like, just of course it's better. All, when they were all drugs. sunshine and applesauce. Yeah, <laughs> sunshine and applesauce. You know that famous Sabbath song. It'd be like Baby Train. <laughs> on, a baby, baby. on a baby train. Yeah, yeah. On a train. So so having a localized kind of opioid response, like that, there's a lot of use for that, right? Where, you know, it, when people take those pills, a lot of times they don't feel anything, and that's a that's the desired really? effect for a lot of them. Oh, they don't? Oh, you mean they they don't feel anything? Yeah, like yeah, they don't, no, they right, just yeah. don't, like they're... The pain goes away. They, yeah, yeah, they're all zombies. A lot less fun that way, but it's safer. Yeah. So I, I can see where it goes, but right now it's only through computer simulation that they're figuring this out. So the, the, yeah, and I don't think it works yet. The the, the part that uh, seems a little contrary to to some other issues is that the way the major way opiates work. Is they change, you know, brain chemistry in yeah. terms of dopamine, mm-hmm. uh, and the sensory cortex, oh. which is in the brain, is receiving pain signals, and so if you have nothing to do with the perception of that pain in the brain, I'm not sure how localized opiates uh, will interfere with the uh, the pain fibers, the afferent signals that come up to the brain, because if you don't block them in some way, then the brain's going to Going to sense it's pain. Still it's, it's, interesting. Your, your, yeah. your peripheral it, it doesn't sense anything. It's your brain that's sensing yeah. everything. So if you're only working locally, now uh, lidocaines, all those kinds but of anesthetics, they work. you have nerve endings there, right? Does it numb the, the nerve endings? That is what I'm saying. So uh-huh. yeah. Uh, so to the degree that opiates affect the nerves directly, peripheral nerves, uh, it would work to that degree. But so much of uh, pain control has to do with your perception. So it's got to get to the brain. Either block it which the TENS units do, as an example, and so do the pharmaceuticals. uh, Would there be a way to electrically block it, in theory? Uh, Yeah, I think there would be, really. Because we worked on that, too. Isn't there, I remember growing up, you told us, like, there's some, I don't know if it's an actual condition, but some people can't feel pain, and because of that, they're, like, really fucked up. They're really fun to punch. They're really fun to punch, but they won't even know you're there unless you (laughs) wave at them and then punch them. Yeah. There was that World War One soldier, Paul Kern, who like really? took shrapnel to his brain, and he wasn't able to go to sleep, and he didn't feel pain. Mm. Uh, he wasn't able well, to go to sleep ever again. Because uh, you can he, only live for like a month. He was able to kind of like zone in point. and out. He lived for like two years, mm. but he never really went to sleep. Wow. Well, that, that's the yeah a good example. Of that would be leprosy. That's that's why the people leprosy, that have leprosy don't feel anything. They they can't feel, so they oh. keep injuring themselves, and pretty soon they're so battered up oh, that they uh, die eventually. Because I heard like some of the people that can't feel anything, they'll like have their hand on a fire and be like, well, anyway, uh-oh. And there's so many fucked. times that you don't realize it because it's unconscious, goes to the brain stem and all that, uh, that you avoid injuring yourself because you can feel. If you couldn't yeah. feel, yeah. You, uh, diabetics who lose their sense of feeling for neuro- you know, diabetic neuropathy, for instance, yeah. uh, their feet they stuff. have a lot of problem with their feet. They have um, wounds. They have... Uh, uh, gangrene, they have all kinds of things 
because they're n- and they can't balance numb sort of because yeah well it, it you, it's right they, they don't have the feedback so for instance when you're for balance as an example uh, if you're standing and you can't see so well which diabetics have problems seeing a lot of times because they have diabetic neuropathy and if they can't feel they fall down more than other people do and sense. they can't coordinate because you use the pressure in the bottom of your feet and proprioception which is the position close your eyes you pretty much know where all your body parts are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's proprioception if you lose that and you don't know where your feet are you don't know where where your hands are or whatever um, you can't use that to balance yourself in a balanced example it's um, like uh I'm six foot four, and I always have bruises on my shins. Yeah. They're, they're, they're far away, and I don't feel it when I bump into... That's probably right. Uh, ...into end tables sense. and like, stuff like that. Yeah. My shins oh, you don't feel it? Well, it's like I'll bump into an end table, and I'll be like, uh, that was far away. <laughs> like, oh, you're like, I'm not going to have like jurisdiction. A, it's like a pachycephalosaur that needed to have like a nerve cluster yeah. in its hips <laughs> in order to feel what was going back there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Uh, That's funny. You... you you should have extra brains in your knees. <laughs> in my knees, yeah. To control this. Right behind brains. the patella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of uh, the brain, uh, they uh, this article claims that they have found, quote-unquote, bravery cells oh, yeah, in the hippocampus. Uh, certain cells that some people have and some people don't, or maybe you have more or less of them, that uh, seems to correlate with people taking risks or being brave. Uh, Couldn't you call those dumb cells? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. The right. most interesting thing to me in this article is that they are sensitive to nicotine, which is why when you feel anxious or in- when you feel anxiety, uh, nicotine actually calms it down. helps calm the anxiety, and this these cells might be involved in that. So these brain so cells that end up during the brain, right? Yeah. In the hippocampus of the brain. They they sound really cool. They do sound really cool. But how do they know they just found brave individuals and, like, they all have these cells in common? Or they were like, specifically, these cells don't think of any consequences. Jump off off this second-story building. And then they they opened up their brain to see see if their cells were in there after their death. It's the famous Swedish skydiving lab. What's uh, that? Oh yeah, where they do what, all their like Dolph Lundgren was in charge. Yeah, like they the do all their research sailing. from outer orbit into into orbit. <laughs> they don't need to be outer orbit; they just yeah. like doing it there. Yeah. So, so they basing on a correlation versus a causation. Is that yeah. What the like how, yeah, how do they know? Basically, article. Um, let's see. It, it looked like it was a, a correlation kind of they argument. They show that neurons, when stimulated, uh, ol. OLM cells. What does mm-hmm. that stand for? What are those? Do you know what that is? In particular cells in the hippocampus that they're that they're targeting. What does OLM stand when, for? When stimulated, oh, produce a brain rhythm that's present when animals feel safe. Uh, yeah. So if you so I guess they were what they were doing is probing and stimulating these particular cells, uh, and then it oh, uh, okay it produced a a brain waiver a brain rhythm. They're saying uh, which is it EEG or something. Uh, that that correlates with feeling the feeling of safety. And so the animals that they're looking at, I assume, and they humans, give them some right? sort of a challenge, and under different circumstances, they could see different stimulations given stimulating those cells. Is that what they're saying? I haven't read the article, so I'm um, a little bit in the dark about that. 
I think this was done on humans. And okay. Um, well, that's like a. There's like a chemical that's in cat feces that if oh yeah that if rats eat it and or humans eat it it kind of dampens your fear. Well, that's a bacteria, I believe. It's, yeah, the, the, that's right. It's a bacteria. Toxo, yeah. Most of but I thought also with cats, um, cat people, like they have like this weird. They like if you know, people I know that have cats people that like are half cat, half person. Yeah, maybe? yeah. The or, David Bowie song, yeah. cat people. Cat people see uh, these cat eyes of blue. I'm a cat person, <laughs> but um, he, uh, but that like something in their piss makes like it's like a weird like what do they call that a um, parasitic relationship with the host? Yeah, like in uh, mm-hmm. you know in Deep Space Nine. Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, the, we all know. Yeah, yeah, but you know, what was uh, like? It was like that hot chick, but like she has like a symbiote. I think it's a symbiote in her. Yeah. That seven of nine? No, seven no, of nine no. is like a robot. No, he's talking about the one that had like the dots down Yeah, the neck. dots on her. Yeah, what's yeah. her name? Odd. Oh, oh, Dax. Dax. Dax, yeah. She's Dax like really hot, dots. but like her, her like person in her that's like really her is like, well, anyway, that's a Star Trek thing. But <laughs> the point what I'm trying to make is that cat people. Like. Putting out fire <laughs> with gasoline. Yeah, cat people. Uh, they have that with their cats. Like, the cats infect them. Yeah. Uh, and the, they're just like, I love cats, even if they're, like, I hate cats. Well, like, because of the piss, because there's piss everywhere. I'm, I'm probably infected by toxoplasmosis. Oh. I mean, some cats mm-hmm. are all right, but still. I What's think, it called, toxoplasmosis? Well, to- toxoplasmosis is a thing that, like, uh, it's it's specifically so that like rodents and stuff will eat it, and it dampens the fear effects in your brain, so you're more likely to take risks. Oh. Yeah, and like and so, so like what it, it does is makes yeah makes like a mouse not scared of the cat. Yeah, so the and cat it, can kill also it. the cats can smell. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, they can smell. They fear. can smell <laughs> the, the toxoplasmosis or or some you know something that the mouse is giving off when it has toxoplasmosis, yeah. so it makes the mice more delicious to the cat and also makes the mouse <laughs> less afraid of the cat and it's and it's found that it can transfer into humans yeah and like but it's there's it's like not really known what it exactly does to humans but, um if if anything but but they, there are things where it's like there are percentage points of like people in car accidents a lot of times are more likely to have cats like huh. that kind of thing oh really yeah what? But that, that's, you mean again, people, causation people versus get correlation. into more car accidents? Yeah. I think um, huh. it yeah. makes, like, uh, I wonder like, like single men, bachelors, brave. You have to be brave to have a cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you're immediately going to be labeled a single bachelor with a cat. Uh, she used to so be a very long y- way of saying a gay man. In like the seventies, right. sixties, like oh, that's he what lives they used to call cat. gay men in the seventies. Confirmed bachelor, guy with a cat. Um, now it's just uh, a guy that's infected by toxoplasmosis. Yeah, Moses. I knew a, a woman, multiple women that that have cats, Brad. and it just smells like what? Yeah, Brad. no, it's it's pretty awesome, right? <laughs> But, like, there's just piss all over their apartments. <laughs> and I'm like, do you not smell that? They're like, what are you talking about? I, I, I don't know. I hope mm, my place doesn't smell like cat fine. piss. Um, but growing up, I always knew that my uncle's place smelled like cat piss. Was he a confirmed bachelor? He was, uh, it, 
up until like he was 30 something and he got married but oh, um, oh right yeah at the Poor time fire. when i was young and he was a young 20 something guy yeah he had cats and his place always smelled like cat like fest. this i, well, I don't think it smells like does. pinot grigio on the yeah. other hand i don't really smell cat piss too much i because i think i have toxic really well i mean going into your place i didn't smell any cat piss well that that makes me feel better yeah it just smells like ammonia you know <laughs> so back to the bravery oh the bravery, the bravery thing you bravery do response. have to be brave joe and a cat and be a man i misread this article and thought it was they found a way whether or not you would like pixar's brave <laughs> oh with the with the, with the red hair lady yeah. What would you do to change your fate? To change your fate? Isn't that, uh, what's this, Bill Connolly? Yeah, Billy Connolly is He's the dad. Funny. Yeah. And uh, that's the one where the mom is a bear. Yeah, mom becomes a bear. What? Yeah. It's it's one of the lesser Pixar offerings, although it's uh, fine. I it's think not it's, terrible. I think it's the top tier of the bad Pixar movies. Isn't what's her it's name the best that? of the, the worst. The lady yeah. from um, No Country for Old Men. Isn't she like the main? Anton Sugar? No, yeah. Un- <laughs> Anton Sugar is yeah. like, yeah, I want. I don't want to be a princess. <laughs> I would call it friend. What's the most you ever lost on a journey <laughs> for <laughs> friendship? My mom is a bear. Ancient, <laughs> yeah, my mom is a bear. Ancient Celtic journey. <laughs> yeah, an ancient Celtic journey. <laughs> no, but you know what, lady? I'm talking. The lady. She's also in Boardwalk Empire. Is she Irish, redheaded? Well, she, no, <clears> but <throat> she she was in Train Spotting. She was like. Uh, Ah, I forgot her name. Oh, she's really good. Uh, the audience is screaming at us right now. Uh, God. Yeah. No, she's the lady in... Uh, the girl from Trainspotting. Tra- but, but she's the wife Lay- in No Country for Old Men. Sinead O'Connor. It's, no, it's not Sinead O'Connor. I'm going to just start... It's Pope John Paul. Pope John Paul? Yeah. Uh, the second or first? They're... The one that got the, his picture ripped. Kelly McDonald? Kelly McDonald. That is a very Irish name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's awesome. She's in she's uh, Scottish though too. I think she's uh, in Ra- Wreck It Ralph breaks the internet. Wreck It Ralph. Which I'm looking um, forward to. What would you do to change the internet? Yeah. What would you do for the? <laughs> yeah. Um. So bravery sells. You said you misread it because of what? No, oh, I was I was making. Oh right. Yeah. Right. That's how we got into this thing. <laughs> yeah. I always thought it was weird. Well, go along around the brain. How memory is stored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, how is it stored? Is it stored? Because I'm assuming that your thoughts are different electrical pathways, right? Kind of. Yeah. So is it stored chemically? Is it like when you remember something, is it always there? Or does like the map of the memory is somewhere and then they have to reactivate? It's dynamic. Dynamic? Yeah. What do you mean? What does that mean? Well, in other words, it's, it's not fixed. If you try to remember something, every time you remember it, you alter that memory. Uh, what? Really good. You know, really? And and they they fade, studies on like, that can fade right and and so the more you uh, stimulate that memory, the more like more it changes a little bit. Rigid it gets. Or more it changes. Changes, it changes, it changes a little it bit. It changes what you remember. In other words, okay. if, if you video what really happened, you know, in yeah. experiments, and then you get people to recall and recall and recall. Every time they recall it. What they changing. remember it's changes a little bit. That's why, like, if, if you get yeah. mugged by so if, so if you get mugged by a white guy with a beard, and then you see another white guy with a beard, your memory can in, it can oh, yeah. actually fill that in and right. put those two faces together. Yeah. You won't be able to distinguish with what external uh, experiences you have, or someone suggesting them to you, mm-hmm. versus what you actually see, it took in in the first place. You would think in like a murder trial. 
a attorney should say, how many times have you recalled this story? And the person's like, a hundred times. We're like, so a hundred times this person's story's changed. It's changed. <laughs> Go on. That's why, uh, you know. Eyewitness testimony eyewitness is, so is, is Is probably the, the least reliable of all yeah. I, I heard it's evidence. related to this, but you remember the whole Brian Williams controversy? He said he was... He uh, on a he said his helicopter got almost shot got down shot or something yeah. like got right. shot down right. and but it turned out he was like actually on a different helicopter <laughs> on a right. different day and yeah. just like heard about it yeah but it, he kept saying like it, I could have sworn I remembered being there it, I remember it, it doing that, that and it really turned out it, that he really it, he really did yeah. like his the people around him the soldiers were like yeah he wasn't there during the time that it actually happened their memories kept changing yeah. And so he really was just a, it was a failure of his memory. Right. Well, uh, right. well, like, the brain is always trying to protect itself, too. So, like, if you right? start remembering oh, yeah. something and people challenge you on it, that's why, like, any discussion on politics is impossible. Oh, <laughs> because yeah. Because your brain will start, like, protecting all of your opinions and all of your memories. Oh, that's like Because mm -hmm. it's, it's got to be, it's got to be the thing that it remembers. Yeah. Interestingly, though, like, uh, even though we don't know a lot about how memories work they are developing a technology that can detect when you think of something like uh, like a boat for instance. yeah like really? there, like there's a there's a physical structure of neurons in your oh, brain yeah. that goes off when you think of a boat B brain mapping is a very real thing there's really? extensive yeah. research on it and the patterns are reproducible so, well, so the mapping right. so, is of patterns not the actual well, well we yeah. have the, we memory's have the, not so, one place so like, it's in multiple areas of the brain they they can they've done experiments where, where a computer can tell what picture you're, what photograph you're looking at and what's yeah. in the photograph yeah, yeah we were really? that was like on our second show here there was like yeah. a Functional MRIs. Yeah, there was mm -hmm. like an intelligence that they were developing where like they would say like think of something and then the computer would draw the image you were thinking. Oh of. yeah, yeah. Whoa. yeah I've heard Which that is uh, interesting. A Black Mirror episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the the, 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 the worst, not the worst one, but the like the most horrifying. It's one. my favorite crocodile. episode. Oh, that's a horrifying. Uh, one. It's Did my favorite episode one, of Black Mirror. I don't think so. Where it's they, in the uh, latest season. The my neighbor's cat is going into my house mm. right now. Ah. Uh, oh. Rummaging through my stuff for oh, a yeah. visit. For a visit. Sometimes we have a cat meow. We have uh, uh, three cat meows. There's three cats out here watching <laughs> us really. right now. Yeah. You all have toxoplasmosis yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, welcome to toxoplasmosis. Who <laughs> well, here uh, wants to just let a cat eat them? Yeah. I certainly do. I, for one, welcome we are here to talk about our cats, <laughs> which we love. This is another cat podcast. <laughs> but no, in that episode, it's great because in order, it's basically that it's like about an insurance claim person but they have this device that when you it tell them like hey remember the accident it like shows you kind of what it looks uh, like they can clever. sort of yeah sort of read like as you remember things read what it is mm -hmm. yeah but, but it does something that's real smart because like with memories they always talk about like proustian moments or like a madeleine moment like yeah. memories are more accurate the more sensory things you can remember oh, and yeah. so like because it was like proust would talk about how he would if he would ever smell a madeleine which is a, a, a french cookie he would uh immediately remember his grandma's backyard and it would take him back oh, and yeah. he would immediately he write smell, a thousand yeah. pages, he would have a billion on, pages on, on his one grandma's smell. backyard yeah. <laughs> uh, but wow. he would like he would and he could like d he would remember detail that you wouldn't remember normally 
because he had that kind of anchor to it. And in the Black Mirror episode, there was like one person who specifically remembered like a song, and that helped them tie their yeah. memory together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Most memories have triggers, so if you want to try to remember something, if you have a story behind it, you'll remember it much better. Yeah. With Higher the, degree it, of accuracy. The, there are like memory competitions that happen, where oh, yeah. where uh, and they use uh, memory palaces. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where they use memory palaces and like <laughs> synesthesia to kind of like tie something to a memory where it's like you've got like you know this is ama- amazing to me because people yeah. are remembering like thousands like a sequence of thousands of things in a row yeah and and yeah. And, and they're putting them in their it's, in these memory the it's interesting because the memory palace memory. oh sorry is basically because i read the book called uh, moonwalking with einstein yeah from something forward something's that but it's really good <laughs> but basically the whole premise is that our uh, like geographical memory, or memory on how to like go anywhere, like directional memory. Directional memory, as in like, oh, I know what I know. The map of my house is so good that then when you start putting images in there, you mm. can be like, oh, I remember. Like I, I, I remember my credit card number because of that, uh-huh. which I won't go into. <laughs> On the what podcast. Is, what is it? Just Let's give us that it. and Let's the pin what what? and then really? the name and the type. Your first car. Ah, first car was technically uh, an old Mercedes. Okay. It was mom's. Oh, yeah. And you had a CD changer in the trunk. Oh, and, I had, and, uh, what, what's had that. Your, what's your uh, mother's maiden name? Oh, wait, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Breaking in. Oh, yeah. But they originally, the memory palace, it was like, there was a story, ancient Greek story. It was either Socrates. It was one of the guys, one of those dudes. It was about a phoenix. Yeah, so anyway, like this phoenix, right? She originally was Jean Grey. And, uh, <laughs> no, 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 but in it, like, there was, like, some, like, uh, huge party. And they have all this great party. And then a the whole fucking party, like, burnt down for some reason. And uh-huh. they were trying to, uh, all these bodies were there, but they couldn't discern the bodies. And one person was able to remember everybody there because he remembered where they were in the room. Oh. Is the anecdote. It was an orgy. They were all It was an orgy, but they, each they said it was a, it was a, a, f- uh, a physical party. I remember party. that Sam was sucking off Jim over there. Yeah. And it was Greece, uh, so, you know. Those are things you don't forget. No. <laughs> That's no I definitely didn't forget that. That's, by the way, Moonwalking with Einstein by Joshua Four. Joshua Four, yeah. yeah. Sounds good. I gave that book to Brian. He liked it. Uh, yeah, yeah. My twin way, brother. Sure. By the way, let's bring this back around because yeah. I never actually said the the new brain neuron that they found. Oh yeah, the, the, one? the oh, first no, thing the, that I mentioned. The first thing we talked a about a half hour yeah. ago. It's called the rosehip neuron, and they never knew this existed. And uh, and it, it's been um, uh, a mapped computer image mapped now, mm. and it's it's this big behemoth that has like a thousand tendrils coming off, and it's like one really? cell. That's Holy one. That's shit. one neuron. Ooh, how interesting! And what's very pretty. What they yeah. think it does is it, it controls. It's like a stoplight. It controls um, wow. stopping of neural flow. It, it doesn't. It, it doesn't transmit data as far as far as they think, but it, it works as like a, a uh, traffic mm-hmm. signal to stop mm-hmm. certain flows of neuron. So, um, and and what they also know is that mice don't have this. I don't know if they checked chimpanzees or whatever, um, but humans have it and mice don't, which means, you know, it has consequences for testing brain chemicals, drugs or whatever, because we often test stuff on mice, mm-hmm. but uh, th- this is evidence that our brains are, different obviously we know, mouse. different than mice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but our, our brains are not just scaled up mouse brains. Yeah. There's, have they determined um, what kind of feedback loops that this responds to? How does it know when to stop or mitigate 
signals, all that kind of thing? Um, I don't think so. From what I read in Science Daily, it didn't really say what type of signals it responded to or, or okay. anything. Uh, they just called it sort of a, a, a stop sign. Or, Interesting. Or, or, or. I wonder if it stops, like, thoughts. Do you know what I mean? Like, in a good way? Like, you know how if you... You think of something a bunch, yeah, and then, but then you just stop thinking about it. Is that what this thing does? It, it belongs to a class of neurons known as inhibitory neurons. Yeah, you know what those are. Yes. Okay, which puts the brakes on activity of other neurons. So it could apply to that, yeah. So yeah. yeah. See, I so, have like a, a lot of us yeah. need more of those. Right? Oh no, to I mean, I have a stop those thoughts. I have OCD, the the internal kind. Because usually when people find out I have OCD, they're like, oh, you, oh, you don't not, not the hand washing kind? No, I mean, if you've been to my house, you'd be like, that is, you do not have OCD. Oh, yeah, you mean just it's, it's like it, your brain spinning? Like, yeah, like I, I have repetitive thoughts over and over, but you can't stop I it. I have bad insomnia. And oh, really? I'm, you know, usually till four in the morning, hmm. my brain is spinning, you know. And yeah. Just, uh, but it's like, hmm. uh, the way I describe it to people, it's like, you know, if you've ever had the thought of driving, and when you're driving, you're like, you know, if I just move my... Uh, my wheel a little bit, I can go into oncoming traffic and like kill myself and a bunch of people. <laughs> and you're like, huh, that's a crazy thought. Anyway, I, I got to make it to this movie. But then you just keep thinking about that for the rest of the time. And then you're hanging out with friends and they're, what are you thinking about? You're like, nothing. It's, <laughs> but, like, but that's what's going on. Like what, Christopher Walken in Annie <laughs> Hall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was so young in that movie. Yeah. Hmm. I, oh, yeah. Because he's driving the he's car. The, he's, the, he's the brother. And he's just like, yeah. When you're driving, do you ever think about just <laughs> turning into oncoming traffic? It's while anyway, driving, Woody Allen's like, it's like, anyway, better take you to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird that you bring up that example because I yeah. just this week wrote a tweet. You know the theory, the, sort of the physics theory, of multiple, the multi-worlds theory, and it kind oh, of for goes possibility like, possibility if you... Multiverse? Yeah, if you have to make a the multiverse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's called multiple or uh, multiple worlds, many worlds. Oh, okay. Um, if, if you have a choice, if there's a choice, if there's a quantum choice that happens, the oh. the theory is that the, yeah, the universe yeah, yeah. splits into two, and one choice happens in one universe, and one happens in the other. Six With something, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I don't like the many worlds theory because every time I think about. Driving into oncoming like how many traffic. Daves have died? That means that in one universe, I did decide to do it. Yeah. You've been wiping so out a I've whole race of Daves. My other Daves and other universes talk, are all monsters. Dead. They're all dead, and all dead. yeah, they're all monstrously dead. Oh, oh. Uh, and you too, if you've ever thought. Oh, of I've already killed <laughs> six. Oh, I have to be driving, right? Yeah. Um, well, so if this is talking about inhibitory, that's a general. So maybe that's a general. Is a generalized principle. Maybe this. Um, Rose hip type of uh, neuron um, is throughout the brain because there's an inhibitory and a stimulatory set of uh, neurons and networks to do most all things that we do. Mm -hmm. So that may be a mechanism by which mm. it changes between stimulation and inhibition, but they all have feedbacks. And when the feedback goes wrong, that's when you get the various pathologies and so forth. And is this uh, important in, in cognition? In, in, it's sort of like... Uh, well, it is in brain. terms of suppressing, suppressing memories that you don't want to, that are traumatic. And, of course, we're not always successful at that. But suppressing memories? So yeah, we because... Could, we could combine all the stuff that we've been talking about today. Because right. we've <laughs> yeah. got this thing that's telling you to stop things, and we've also got... Like these electrical impulses that and will help the, the bravery it, the neurons in the hippocampus and opioids that are preventing you from feeling things. Yeah, right, right. right. Just <laughs> suppress a memory. Yeah. Well, the, 
the one other thing that I mentioned briefly when you yeah. began that ties into all of this too, which I didn't mention in any detail, but the same uh, device that does the DC stimulation that we're talking about for the neurons, uh, for, for, for wound healing. Mm -hmm. Well, in, just not, sort of semi-accidentally, um, I used it on uh, people that are withdrawing from opiates. Oh. And it turns out that it actually significantly reduces their side of their 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 symptoms like the withdrawal the craving. well no this this the is this is when you their withdrawal symptoms so mm -hmm. let's say you're on uh, heroin or actually heroin's probably the easiest to get out of off of instead of like oxys and so forth heroin's easier than oxy yeah oh i don't know is. That. Uh, what about it, nicotine nicotine is probably one of the most difficult of all because it has a double uh, mechanism of dependency and mm -hmm. so uh some some think it's even more so than cocaine, but I don't, it depends on the person. But I've heard it's it, it's very 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 difficult. I've and heard Oreos as well, very difficult. <laughs> to that's get. another or one. Or potato yeah. chips. That's especially the salty one. You have. <laughs> that's See. why Lay's has never lost that bet. I bet you can't eat just one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so yeah. so so we just put it on some. If you are uh, a heroin addicted person who's on two or three grams a day kind of thing, it's particularly intravenously, and you stop within 12 hours or less, you start going through very, very significant withdrawal symptoms. Mm -hmm. And they involved uh, involuntary movements and sweating. Babies crawling on the ceiling. Di all yeah. kinds of things. Di diarrhea. Yeah. And oh, diarrhea. You can, you can fold up into a, a ball like a, like a fetus does. Uh, and. Uh, uh, Profuse sweating and pain and all, all kinds of symptoms. Well, when you put the right kind of electrical current onto this person, um, you reduce those withdrawals by maybe forty percent or so, maybe fifty percent. Wow. So that, in in conjunction is with that current to the brain or the body in general. Well, that's yeah. interesting. All you have to do is put it on their ankles, and it actually follows the connective tissue. We think up into the brain and it directly affects uh, the. Um, neurons that are involved with dopamine and all the rest of it. Or is a lot of the withdrawal symptoms because their neurons have been suppressed for so long from heroin that when they stop the heroin, they're getting overstimulated? Well, almost all food? addiction is, is uh, related to um, the reward pathway going wrong. So you initially, when you start whatever it is, whether it's cocaine or benzos or stimulants, or meth and so forth, or heroin, there's a reward center involved, and that gives you a reward, which is why people do it initially. The problem is, is that it goes beyond what the reward stimulation is and develops circuitry so that um, when you stop whatever's stimulating it, it's immediately looking for more in their receptors. And so what it does as a reaction to that is it turns on all those systems that are opposite to what they were when you did the opiates. So the opiates, you're feeling really mellow and, and, and quiet and all the rest of it, and, and um, uh, pupil size and, and respiration, all these things. And so it just does the opposite and extreme. So basically the whole addiction problem relates to over-reward over centers and slowing down whatever the stimulus was or building a dependency so that the, you need more and more and more for the same effect. So you increase, increase, increase whatever you're addicted to, um, and essentially the, the, you know, everything's a compensation. So the, the brain's controlling all these systems, 
autonomic systems. And when you stop giving it the neurons, uh, the neurotransmitters that it needs, it goes in reverse, and it goes in reverse in a great way. So, wow. it, and it just keeps cycling. So you, that's that's an issue. But anyway, with and that the electric, reward system also diminishes over time, right? Which is why you need more and more of a drug to keep the yeah, same amount of the stimulation is not enough after a while. So it keeps going to more and more. And as soon as you start slowing down or stopping, so then you're eating a whole box of Oreos. Whereas it used to be just yeah. one or two. Yeah. It could be gambling. It could be there, there's there's yeah. other called process addictions that are not a physical kind of thing, but a process, whether mm-hmm. it's gambling or, well, or that's Oreos the is a somewhat of a process. You know, with the, well, that's the other thing with like nicotine or cigarettes is that's a partial process as well. Like, yeah, it is as far as the coolness of cigarettes. Of so but but the nicotine itself as a, as a pharmaceutical yeah. is, is really, really... Um, uh, strong. Yeah. yeah, and as I mentioned before, that, that hippocampus, the nicotine has an effect on anxiety, yep. um, which mm. a lot of people like me with uh, social anxiety, I don't usually smoke during the day, but when mm-hmm. I'm out around people at night, I tend yeah. to smoke because yeah. the nicotine, yeah. you know, calms yeah. that, that social anxiety. There's specific, anxiety. you know, receptors for each of those uh, <laughs> dependent... Uh, cat. Yeah. We just had a cat jump out of a... Ten foot tall tree, yeah. and run by it's us. It's fine. Amazing. All right. He's fighting up there. Okay. So I was saying, you know, there. uh, there's cannabinoid uh, receptors. Cannabinoid? Everything that people oh, for like can- 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 cannabinoids. So anything chemical that people are addicted we to, there's a, a test receptor right now, that is. Want. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was like indicators. Uh, there's a receptor that is naturally occurring that is looking for those uh, neurotransmitters that right. are natural in order to do normal physiological functions so that when you overload that system, it doesn't know what to do with it, and so it mm. tries to compensate, but it overcompensates, so you get all these withdrawal problems and feeling terrible when you stop whatever it is you're on. Yikes. So it's difficult to get people off of things. It's a, really, in a, in, uh, a physical addiction to cannabinoid uh there is. It's mild, withdrawal. but yeah, there, 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 there are, there are things withdrawal. you can measure. There's withdrawal, but it's, um, well, for heavy users, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but it's a big component of psychological. It's but mostly there's a psychological, phys- There's yeah. a physical component because there's, there's actual receptors for the, mm. for the THC and so forth. And when you stop those, you do interfere with the natural use of those. And so well, they, all, they all have physiological uh, evolutionary uh, reasons for existing, so to speak. Yeah, evolutionary reasons. In other words, uh, we've developed uh, these systems uh, to compensate to increase our survival one way or another. Uh I mean, like the fact that we have cannabinoid receptors. Yeah, because they actually do things. We were were exposed to cannabinoids throughout history, or possibly I don't know. Uh, There are a lot of plants that share the same same chemical makeup Uh as cannabinoids. Like I feel, I think like tomatoes do. do. Oh really? And there are there are a lot of plants that do so. It might not be like a, a direct descendant like right. marijuana. It might be the like this is a fruit plant that we know right. it will give Good us nutrients. Us. Yeah, and that's Which what gets just like throughout history and evolution, we've had various chemicals that we've ingested. Yeah, right. in, jam bands throughout through, history well, through food probably like, a lot of times like alcohol. You know, we have alcohol dehydrogenase specifically mm-hmm. to break yeah. down alcohol in our livers so we must have had 
rotten or you know fermenting fermented fruit or whatever. Some, like, pretty epic for, Neanderthal for parties hundreds back of thousands of years. Yeah, you know? fermented oh, yeah. Uh, fruit and proteins. There was uh, oh fermented protein. There are a lot of uh, is that because like, it was like the food would be decaying or something, and you still had to digest. Well, it? Yeah, Most of us wouldn't thing, exist like, if it weren't for fermented proteins. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> but but like I know I know like uh, I think it was Homo habilis used to bury fish. And then oh. use use the uh, use like the grease from that, and Oof. like would eat that as well. They did that in Iceland, right? In, like in, in Iceland, uh, hakarl. Yeah, yeah, they hakarl do. Hakarl is yeah. what it's called. It's called hakarl. Yeah. Uh, there might be other names for it's it. It's disgusting. Rotten fermented uh, shark. Shark. <laughs> there was an article that you sent that I was really interested in about oh, the reverse oh, aging cells. Oh yeah, this oh, yeah. In essence, that's a really so good. So my one. dad's yeah. also really into uh, what, what did you call it? Like, well, gerontology. Pro- what is it? Well, gerontology, gerontology is a subject of uh, aging, but there's clinical and there's, well, geriatric. And interesting, Jesse's uh, grandma, how old was she when she passed? She was 104. Uh-huh. My grandfather lived to be 100, exactly. Yeah, my, grandma no was bo- my grandma was born in 1913. Oh, my God. Yeah, That's which, right. is, which is literally before sliced bread. But yeah, oh, your grandma's older right. than sliced yeah. bread. No, no yeah. lie, my grandfather was born in 1887. Wow. That's crazy. Not my great-grandfather. It was my dad's dad. Wow. Because he was old when he had my dad, and my dad was old when he had me. So, yeah. like, yeah, and I'm old. So, uh, you look good. Yeah, so it's an essence in uh, cells. We're going to wrap up soon, but I mean, let, let's go through this aging thing real quick. It's uh, our it's our popular. We've talked about telomeres and telomerase on the podcast before. Yeah. There's this, uh, well, telom- telomeres are um, whenever familiar. a cell splits. There's a little bit of extra DNA that doesn't really do anything, but it's used um, to split the cell. And like so spindles they get, or something. Like, like a, did you say candle? No spindles. Spindle. It's like a, a, a wick of a candle. It goes yeah. down. Oh, okay. So every time a, a, a cell splits, it, the telomere gets a little shorter so right. until a point where there's none left, and then right. that cell Does. dies or becomes a, a senescent, senescent. Yeah. cell. Um, what is this? So this article that we, uh, we shared today talks about splicing factors, which are proteins that your cell also needs to stay young and healthy. It's part of the RNA, I believe. Well, um, the the proteins uh, they function to control what the genes uh, produce. So you know the genes are generally DNA, but there's there are there are RNA. Um, the RNA equivalent genes you want to call is that. used to like. Um, to si- for signaling, right? Yeah, to turn, it's turn on and off certain they, things. They code, you know, there's four bases, and the combination of the four bases will specify an amino acid, and then there's an assembly process. goes DNA, RNA, and protein. So the protein's all made by instructions from the DNA in the gene. This is the nucleic uh, genes that are in the nucleus versus the mitochondria. They were talking about, uh, in that article, about uh, using... Um, uh, looking at mitochondria as well, but at any rate, um, yeah. So, so they, they were in, they were taking hydrogen sulfide, right? Which is a molecule we all have, and uh, it's like a neurotransmitter kind of. It's sending it directly, adding it directly to the mitochondria of a cell, which yeah. which rejuvenates the cell. They're saying. Well, they didn't they didn't explain uh, the details of that, but they did. There's a reference there, and you can look up the original paper, and that would tell you. But so I only read the summary as well, but. 
the whole essence of it was that each gene is generally thought originally as encoding, giving the instructions to produce a given protein. Mm-hmm. So that's 30,000 genes roughly, uh, and they, but they produce a lot more than 30,000 proteins. So each gene can actually produce more than one kind of protein, but it depends on which part of the gene is switched on and off. Okay. So these splicings you're talking about, they control what that gene makes. Uh-huh. And, what, what and switch, that's switches pro- it it, it's, it's on like switching and off. on and off. So if you go along a, a, a chromosome uh, from one point in a chromosome to another point, that would specify a particular protein to be made, and that protein would be uh, uh, critical in producing some sort of effect or some sort of uh, um, uh, objective, end, end objective, I guess you might call it. <clears throat> whether it's a hormone or whether it, 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 it's an enzyme that will allow a certain reaction to occur or whatever it happens to be. So in senescent cells, the problem is that you don't have that diversity of, being, of the genes being able to produce all these proteins. They've lost that ability, and they've lost it because of these splicing genes that you were referring to. Uh, they don't exist anymore, and they go down to a point where that cell is just sitting there, taking up space, so to speak, um, and it's not functioning, but it is not just there in a benign way, but it influences other cells to become senescent also. And when you have an organ system where the senescent cells start getting to a certain critical mass, that organ system starts to fail. So, so it's you know, like one it, of these cells is like going on strike and is telling all his buddies like, man, fuck this organ. And they're all like, yeah, yeah, we're not going to yeah. do anything either. We've That's been a, running this liver for 50 years Let's now. see how well they do without us. A, ro- <laughs> a rotten then, apple spoils the bunch. Yeah. 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 That's it. And they barely give us any opioids. They don't give us shit. <laughs> we want more opioids. <laughs> That's right. And then so, the... You know, <laughs> Anyway, so um, there's a lot of research now in gerontology and gerontological research, uh, clinical and basic, uh, to try to see what you could do to change the population of senescent cells to, to, to literally rejuvenate the organ systems. If you do that, you can regenerate When the cell the becomes person. senescent, can you ever bring it back to working? Well, that's that's what exactly they're working what they're on. Doing. Oh, that's what they're doing. That's the point of the article. Oh. But they're doing that's it the at the mitochondrial level, uh, is what they're saying, and somehow they're they're not giving all the details in that summary, but in the ar- in their original article, they probably explain how they're targeting cr- uh, mitochondria versus the rest of the cell. Yeah. And what that would do would increase your energy ab- availability, ATPs and NADs and all the associated molecules that produce that provide energy to chemical reactions that then allows us to function. You know, the normal homeostasis. I don't know if I if I want the energy of a 25 year old again. That just sounds really? exhausting to me. That's because you're, not, because 25. you're not, 25. <laughs> not 25. I don't know. It sounds pretty good to me. I wouldn't do mind think, having more energy. Do you think this might have application because they're going in and uh, they're basically uh, being able to communicate with the thing that's giving instructions? Do you think that this has applications in like cancer treatment or something like that, where yeah. it might be able oh. to stop it from replicating or? stop the mutation from getting exposed. Yeah, well, whatever you can do physiologically to control what gets what, what proteins are synthesized and what aren't and when, you will be able to uh, control virtually all the degenerative diseases, including cancer. But, but we, we're not that wow. far yet. So this could potentially you know, the many research applications in the future be a, yeah. a huge deal. But yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, there's one other thing I just 
push in just for a moment. There's um, a, a non nonprofit organization that was, uh, uh, I actually was a co-founder of about 30 years ago. But at any rate, it's called grg.org. Mm -hmm. And it's they're still around? UCLA based. Yeah, they're still around. Uh, we'll put, a, we'll a, put a link to it. They in have the a website podcast. and they uh, keep uh, track of the very latest research and the details about this kind of subject. So it might be interested to interesting to your listeners. GRG.org. All right, we'll put a link on the website. Yeah. Go check that out. Did they ever do a thing with the? Because you know about there's all the cryogenics, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did they have? Were they, they the have ones interest that interested in that? Yeah. They have Walt Disney's head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I. I well, what's his name? The baseball player. Uh, Pete. No. Uh, Pete Rose. Not Pete Rose. No, no. He. <laughs> Who is the baseball player? What we head? think of as Pete Rose now is not really Pete Rose. It's a robot. No, no. It's a. Um, no, it was a famous I know it baby Ruth. It was frozen. You're right. And, and, I know. And there was like a custody battle over Sandy the Sandy Koufax. I, Joe DiMaggio. I remember no, this. Hoback's still... Hoback's not that old. <laughs> I thought like he's as old as Moses because he's like just as famous. Yeah. But he's like 80. But Because one of the family members is like, I want to bury him. And then like the other one won. Ted Williams. Like, remember Ted, Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Right. You're absolutely His right. His frozen head uh, was yep. uh, reportedly... Kept in, in, Alcor. in Arizona in Arizona, a cryogenic yeah. Yeah, facility. Yeah, Alcor. Alcor is but the premier cryogenic uh, facility in the country. In the here's United the thing States. that so, doesn't work about cryogenics, though. Yeah. You guys probably know. And I didn't know this until, well, relatively young when my dad was like, you can't just defrost them. It's like when you put a beer in the freezer and you take it out and it blows up. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, but with a body. Do you yeah, think what, that's what's going to happen with these? Well, what, what happens, they, they put them uh, into cryogenic suspension using uh, an equivalent of an antifreeze, so to speak. So it kind of lowers the, the, the melting. Will they replace their blood the with antifreeze? Point. Oh, yeah. No yeah. way. It's not actual antifreeze. It's a, it, yeah, it's whatever. It's like a metaphor. Sure. For, in other words, it's not like car antifreeze, but it's a biological antifreeze. So how far away are we from waking up Ted Williams and asking him how it was? Long way. Long ways away. Well, no, I mean, okay, that that doesn't tell you anything. Uh, I would say conservatively, certainly by the well, next 30, 30, 40 years oh. or something like that. Yeah. Wow, that's because, a lot because don't, that don't forget that the rate of uh, of uh, discovery is exponential. exponential, exponential. Yeah. yeah, and, and we're true. on that more steeper curve, and it'll get but steeper and have steeper. Have they figured out? Are they? Well, I can tell you what. I tell you. I tell you what they did. Uh, this is twenty years ago. I w I was there personally. We took a dog who recognized certain people and did certain tricks and so forth, and we lowered the temperature to two or three degrees Celsius. Mm -hmm. So for all purposes, EEG, EKG, everything was flatline, mm -hmm. and it was solid as a rock, you know, frozen. Mm -hmm. Left them that way for about 24 or 48 hours, and then thawed them back in. We used a heart-lung machine to pump this antifreeze I was telling you about in. Yeah. And after... After we started to bring him out again, um, we revived him, and he he remembered people, and he could do his tricks. So that's as close as we've gotten wow. to suspension. Whoa! It's wow. Not many people know about it, but people it, don't know that dog was the dog was, of the artist. That, I thought <laughs> yeah. it was I thought it was Fry's dog from <laughs> oh, Futurama. Oh, Futurama. It was, oh, uh, was Frazier's dad's dog. <laughs> but but the, real, the real problem is ice crystals form as Eddie. you as you as you yeah. defrost. Ice crystals yeah. form, and the ice crystal just make mince mince meat sort of out of the tissue so whatever oh, tissue you've when got, it starts flowing with uh, the blood it has ice yeah, yeah the, the ice even within the tissue it's as it starts to come up it forms the crystals the crystals then 
slice into whatever tissue it's near and Ooh. basically oh. shred, you shred it. It shreds it. Thing yeah. where so is there, yeah. do so you have to do it very slowly or something? Or well, they've tried all these different things. That? So so far they've been able to bring whole kidneys out. There's a researcher in uh, Rancho Cucamonga that's doing that, actually. Uh, yeah, uh, I've got a go. private facility for that. Yeah. Okay. Doctor, it was great meeting okay. you. Great. Jesse's running to a show right now. We'll finish up here in a minute, but we can keep going. Yeah, so that's the big challenge is to try to get these crystals not to appear and so there's various uh, protein solutions and other things that can change can shift basically their formation to higher temperatures where they don't form crystals and so that so research that has been going organs, on for a while you wouldn't have the whole like we gotta well, get this heart to somebody well that's whatever. exactly uh -huh. the, the way the, the research done on it for the kidneys and for the hearts were specifically for transplant applications so that they could preserve these things much longer and you wouldn't have that so can spoilage. they do that um, they're very close but not quite yet. Oh. All right. Yeah, hey, uh, got any good joke we, buttons? We just have to. <laughs> Sorry. We just have to hang on long enough to live forever, right? There you go. If we yeah. want. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm already old and exhausted, well, so I don't know if I want to live forever. But Ray Kurzweil is in my other thing. I can. Oh, tell this you. oh yeah. He's about Ray Kurzweil. Do, you know, do you know? Mr. I mean, Kurtzwald? I met him a couple times at uh -huh. conferences, but uh, uh, he has an interesting look at that. Yeah, I mean, he he's credited. I don't know if he he came up with it. But he's credited for talking about. Uh, the, the singularity, singularity right? Yeah. Or the technological singularity, uh, yeah. anyway. As it relates to AI. Oh, the AI. As it relates to AI. Yeah. Um, and and him being being very uh, proponent of uh, the the is. the uh, the moment when humans artificial intelligence will become or surpass uh, the intelligence of humans. I know we're wrapping up, but one thing I wanted to talk about for like a second. Have you heard about these scientists? And by scientists, I mean former Stephen Hawking. I mean, he's always going to be Stephen. He's dead. He's definitely a scientist. <laughs> but, like, no, 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 no. Did they freeze him? I don't mean so-called scientists. I'm not, like, a fucking awful Trump piece of shit. I'm saying, like, <laughs> like. Can't trust any of them. Yeah, scientists. No, for the ones that are on my payroll. But, like, the there's certain scientists them. that say, <clears throat> that they're like, hey, uh, you got to watch out for AI and robots, man. It's bad. Right. I, for one. Welcome our AI overlords. <laughs> Me too. Because I can't see how they're going to be bad. I, I, I consider it just like... Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it might just be another evolution of, you know, the human. You yeah, know? I think like so. Like we, uh, we, we were anthropopithecus and we were, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Neanderthal, we have Neanderthal gene. Yeah. And then at some point those species died out and the new species took over the humans oh, man, it's got to be like a movie called like like homo prime or something <laughs> homo prime yeah the first man the first like the first like ubermensch right. uh, but i don't get why those scientists would say that like they have like a terminator fear well, right? like I why think would, the reason well, that they're yeah. thinking, I mean, Elon Musk is one of them, actually. Yeah, yeah, Elon Musk is um, one of them, yeah. And He's doing they're, great. They're, well, until recently, that's true. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, their, their concern is that with every uh, really, yeah. really good innovation that, that, yeah. that gets us as it's disruptive and gets us beyond this, there's always another group that can use it in a very negative way. So they're, I think, mostly concerned, uh, you know, like uh, genetic engineering and germ warfare and all these kinds of things. There's always some right. people, mostly political people, um, that uh, want to use it 
to to the detriment of everybody else. How could you else? use yeah. a robot for? Ba- oh well, never Easily. mind. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah never mind. Right. <laughs> it's like mostly most movies have explained how that could go wrong. I, th- I think so. Well, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> like almost all of them. <laughs> yeah. Not uh, Data and Star Trek. He's good. Is, is it going to be a, a democratic society of robots or a fascist society? Is there like a whole system? Oh yeah, that, that that would be the problem. And mm. and there's probably a very real possibility in a hundred years of uh, you know. Yeah, a, gen- a genocide of humans by robots or AIs of some sort. The only other thought on that yeah. against that is that it's the same principle as like worrying about aliens coming to kill us. Because if they came, they'd have to come from another solar system anyway. They'd have to aliens. Be, yeah, they'd have to be many, many years ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And I would think that if you look at evolutionary principles, even societal principles that they would have a high enough level of appreciation of things of that they wouldn't be interested in, you know, killing anything yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, that has any intelligence to like, it. Like, you know, we, 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 don't, we don't kill off all the chimpanzees. No, uh, no. exactly. Maybe some of them, but um, yeah, in general, and especially as uh, humans uh, become more enlightened, I think the more we learn is that all life... Uh, uh, keeping other life around helps Has us a value. Yeah. stay yeah. around. Yeah. So I, that hopefully, hopefully aliens would know that too, and yeah. probably robots too if yeah. they took for over. Robots, I just don't see their motivation for killing people. You know what I mean? Like I like right. the whole Asimov's robotic laws that basically make it impossible right. for them well, to kill we're people. We're already past that. We're, we have robots that uh, mm-hmm. we have AI drones. Are oh yeah. Already that yeah, yeah, but they can, don't know what they're doing. Can kill people. Um, well, there's an example. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Other than that, <laughs> the robotic laws only work if we all, everyone in the world, it. agrees yeah. to implement right. them, and we haven't. Yeah. Uh, so we're. Oh, that's that. a good. That's a good point. But Damn. hopefully, we can teach them that we're worth keeping around. Yeah. Or go. not. Whatever. If 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 they want to kill me, then take over the world. I'm 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 okay with it. I'll work for a robot. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I'm not going to fight sure that hard. I'm just hoping that they let us all just, uh, you know, smoke weed and chill on the couch. I bet they wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> They'd be like, go right ahead. We just want your sunlight. You're like, oh, yeah. sit outside. Take I don't the give sunlight. a shit. They'll take care of uh, all the electrical bills. We'll become like uh, the that Perry Farrell song, We'll All Be Pets. What is it? Oh, Remember that oh song? from James We'll make Dickens. great pets. We'll make great pets. No, his other project. We'll, oh, oh, uh, uh, por- por- porno for pyros. Porno for pyros. Yeah. That's right. We'll make great pets. Yeah. Um, Communication would probably be very high speed, faster oh, for than we robots? can ever speed. Yeah. And there's also the other thing. For the like, uh, yeah. have you seen her? The movie oh, her? I loved I her. Loved her. Um, I, I thought it was great. I, I, it's, I think it's really well done when uh, they describe how uh, she's thinking so fast that it sounds like his words are coming once in you know every hundred years because. So yeah. she, oh yeah, she thinks he's yeah. distant. Yeah. Because that's funny. She's like. At, between the pauses in his conversation, she's having entire, you know, relationships, thoughts, the, and relationships yeah. and conversations. Well, uh, the, the, yeah. the the major flaw in the movie, I, I just really? ignored it when I saw it because you know, uh, it, it's based on the premise that we only use ten percent or fifteen percent of her brain or a certain little percentage. Wait, no, you're you're thinking you're not thinking that's, of her. You're thinking of Lucy? you're thinking of Lucy. Lucy. Never mind, never yeah. mind. No, her no, is her is the I know which one. Okay, yeah, her, it's her, her voice. Yes, Joaquin Phoenix. It's, it's, yeah, I think and, her uh, is uh, it's scientific. fairly no, scientifically no. sound. Her, her, her is good. Never, never uh, mind. Lucy is not, although it's a fun no. movie. It's a fun, fun movie, but I also thought like they're like you only use ten percent of your brains, and like in the other ninety percent makes your body work. 
No, right? No, no. Actually, what, no. It, what it really came from is early in the 19, uh, 20th century, the early yeah. 1900s, there was a famous paper that said, we only understand about 10% of how the brain works. Oh, okay. really? And that got twisted around to saying the brain is only using 10%. So yeah. words, it's the understanding that's only 10%, not the, not the capacity. It's almost become brain. folklore that people say it and repeat it. And, and oh, yeah. That's, think what oh, yeah. True, that's exactly what happens. It's definitely yeah. not true. I knew that. Yeah. And you, I only use 10% of my brain. You're only using 10%. I personally am. Yeah. <laughs> but for most people, it's For a lot most more. people, it's... Um, but there's also, and I know, I remember I said this right before you were going to like wrap up, like this will be quick. <laughs> but Whatever. What if, you, what, what if humans and robots, <laughs> I think... There would there would be a mix at some point, where humans yeah. are trying to uh, you know upgrade themselves. Yeah, like that movie I still haven't seen. We're upgrade. definitely going to be banging robots. So oh, that's happening there's probably now. Probably going to be relationships. It's There'll be Japan. like partners that are that are human and robot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Sweden was it? There was Sweden. I mean, Japan has a bunch. Uh, I mean, they're everywhere. Fucking oh, machines. Germany too. Yeah. I mean, well, fucking machines is just an engine with a dildo or a vagina. Yeah. That's, that's something that's else. Really that's not what we're talking about. So much as a jackhammer with it's a dildo. It's just a jackhammer with a dildo. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True story. I worked for fuckingmachines.com no as an way. editor when I lived in San Francisco. As an actor? No, as an editor. As an editor. Oh. Although I met the fucking actors. Machines. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't know that they, one. Were, they were very nice. Um, okay. They were actually very nice people, and it was run by. It was mostly run by women. It was a very like. Oh, fe- uh, it's a very non-misogynist uh, organization. That's good. Um, good for them. So, Sorry. big shout out to fucking machines. Yeah, big shout out to fucking okay. machines. Okay. So, uh, Jason. Oh yeah, you can find me. Where can people find you and at, follow you? You can follow me at Jason K K A Y E Comedy on uh, Instagram. And that's mainly where you can find me. You can also go to jasonkcomedy.com. Is there a Twitter? Yeah. You don't yeah really I, don't, tweet? I, I don't really tweet. I mean, but if you want to follow me on there, it's cool. I, I don't really, I never really tweet, but it's at jasonkkyetng. Because when I got it, I, and I still love the next generation, but I was like really into it. <laughs> TNG. Jason like, K, the next generation. I was trying generation. to pronounce it like Kating. Kating. Technically, that is how Jason you would pronounce Kating. that. But, uh, but, yeah. but but go to Instagram. Go to Instagram. You don't need comedy. Jason K. Comedy. Uh, or the website. You can find uh, Hellcross has got some shows yes. coming up in L.A., yes, right? Yes, Hellcross with a K. Uh, we got your, uh, your our com- heavy metal comedic musical. heavy metal Yeah, and Jesse actually now is our, uh, what's it called? Uh, he runs the doors. So he's technically the roadie bouncer. Okay. He also intros the shows, and he, like, wears, well, pretty much what he usually wears but with a bandana. <laughs> Uh, and our next he, one he is... He plays that, the uh, Tom Hanks uh, SNL character, the siblings, siblings. Yeah, exactly, siblings. exactly. That's literally, yeah, the he did that. Yeah. But he... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, anyway, you can see Jesse and the band October 3rd at the Three Clubs, where we put on our heavy metal musical. And then we have other dates coming up, but you could hear about them on my Instagram or Hellcross Band with a K. Don't you guys have a, a date at the pack, like a late night? Oh, uh, we do. We're doing the video We're going to show a movie... Yeah. What movie? We're going to show... Uh, is it Spinal Tap? Spinal or s- Tap. Or, or like, I want to do... And then have you guys play yeah, and we're do gonna commentary. And do com- yeah, exactly. We're going to do that for sure. But I heard we might do it more than once. And then the next time I want to do I want to do Some Kind of Monster, which is a Metallica oh, yeah. documentary. That was a great documentary. It's great. And it's hysterical. I remember that. But, uh, yeah. So there's that at the pack. Metal uh, Goes to Therapy. Metal Goes to Therapy. Yeah, that's the funniest thing. You get these huge heavy metal guys <laughs> talking about time management. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> just, just respected my feelings. Yeah, no, James Hetfield is like this big guy like this, and he's like, he says, I told you I only work till 4 p.m. for my stress levels. It's not good for my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, they're singing about, like, destruction. They're like, and then they're like, I asked for an iced coffee. All right, cool. Uh, oh, that's right. funny. But then my, um, my dad's got stuff. Yeah, and, and can uh, find you. Where can people find you? Well, uh, probably the best website on the wound uh, information is on, um, I'll give you the short of it. It's bioerc.com. So it's like Bravo India Oscar Echo Romeo Charlie.com. Got it. And that prevent, uh, presents uh, a lot of the electrical um, stem that we were talking about and has pictures and references and so forth on it. And there's a. Uh, I guess in, uh, info at uh, bioelectricresearch.com is, is the long version, so I always say bioerc because it's easier to get to. Um, and uh, the other thing I do in the addiction medicine field is under caladdiction.com, and um, that is a, a particular method of reducing cravings for maintenance for opiate and alcoholics. Cool. And, uh, what about you, man? Jesse can be found at JessKlein1 on Twitter. And oh, yeah, you guys have great tweets. I follow you guys. I just never tweet. Um, and uh, our podcast can be found, Science AF Pod on Twitter and Facebook. And nice. scienceafpod.com. You can email us, info at scienceafpod.com. And I can be found at Dave Chacho. And because you did the uh, the phonetic spelling, I'm going to try to do it because I memorized this yeah. when I was in high school. Oh, yeah. I'm a pilot too. No way, really? I was. Yeah. I got my pilot's license when I was like 25, and I haven't flown since because oh. I don't have any money. But I, it is expensive. I do know how to yeah. fly. Um, Fuck yeah, man! That's Delta, Alpha, Victor, oh. Echo, Charlie, India, yeah. Alpha. Charlie, Charlie, India, Oscar Got it. Yeah, on Twitter. Very good. And thanks for listening. Please come back. See you next time. You guys time. have a sign-off? Like a fun, like... No, I, I need a good uh, outro. Should do like, and remember, if you love fucking if science... If you love fucking science... <laughs> then there you're you gonna got love fucking us. Then you love fucking us. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I do that. It's Dennis. Science AF. Thanks. Bye. Science AF. Yeah. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science as fuck.